<laughs> All right, attempt number two at this because we did about four minutes into the podcast and we didn't have anything plugged in. So we're back on attempt number two. So I guess I got to retell the story. Rego one more time. Because Kale started the last podcast off of... With Cody going to Disney. Yeah, we just got back from Disney. And once again, I'll repeat, if you are planning a trip to Disney and... I would not plan a trip to Disney Springs unless you just want to shop. Because all Disney Springs is an outdoor mall with like a bunch of shops that have a little bit of food and have like a couple of Disney stores that mm-hmm. you can go shopping. So if you like want some Disney stuff, whatever. But it's 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 really it's all. And it's Disney Springs is where you'll stay, right? No, we didn't no. say at Disney Springs. Disney no. Springs is like a we say that what's called Art of Animation. They have different little resorts all around Disney. Right, so if you want to play on the Disney grounds, like they have a bunch of different ones, right? Is that the where like the train comes and like can like drive you to? Uh, well, they have a so there. There's a different. I don't know all the different methods, right? So, like I know when me and Kaylee stayed. So we took like a, a family trip when me and Kaylee were like, in college, mm-hmm. and we stayed like it's called like Fort Wilderness, which is nice to a bunch of log cabins. But apparently, that particular resort is like pretty far away on the resort. And so you can get bus there or you can take the boat there. Right. Um, but it was like a minimum of like 30 to 45 minutes a day to get to Disney from that resort. Yeah. That's how far away it was. And then like with our resort where we were, if you want it, so like they have the different parks, right? You have like Epcot, mm-hmm. Magic Universal. Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, things like that. Um, so certain, certain parks we had to get bus to and they had this new thing. I think it's only, I think it's relatively new. I think it's only been up around maybe a year or two, it's called the Skyliner, which is basically the, these little, almost like a, I think like a ski resort, right? You get like these benches and they, they you're up in the air and you basically on a line. Ski you down. But it's like a, it's like a pod, right? So you're not like on a bench, you're actually like in this enclosed pod that then you're on this zip line, like going to different spots. So that one we had to take to go to Like you go from like Epcot to Animal Kingdom type stuff? Well, I don't know if it goes. I don't from, like not. I don't know if it. I don't think it goes. It doesn't route, go. From, it like, doesn't necessarily go from like park to park. Okay. But uh, like from our particular resort, like you couldn't take a bus to Epcot. Like you That's had to. Cool, you had to take the skyline to get to Epcot, right? But if we wanted to go to Magic Kingdom, then you had to take the bus to go to Magic Kingdom, okay. right? And we didn't do. Uh, and like same thing for Hollywood Studio, we had to get bus to Hollywood Studio. We didn't go to Animal Kingdom just because the girls aren't really into animals. Animals. And Animal Kingdom really is a. Basically, a zoo. Just a zoo, pretty much. It's got like a couple of rides, but it's mainly a zoo. Yeah. Uh, and so we weren't really interested because we were only there for three and a half days, and we were going to waste a day at basically yeah. a zoo for us. And so, uh, but it's it's definitely a lot of work with three little ones. Yeah. It, it'd be a completely different experience if uh, we went, you know, when they were older, yeah. like maybe like you know, like more eight. more closer. Like, well, if Carter was like a little bit closer to like towards middle school age. Mm-hmm. And all the other ones are probably like at least Carter's age or, or older would be a lot different. Be different. Um, but like you were saying in the last podcast, you know, we, we basically lost a kid within the first like yeah. 10 minutes for a second. You got to bring that story back Because up. We, we did the teacup thing, um, which I'm sure most of you guys have seen the teacups where you get a teacup and it like spins you around. Well, there's, there's so many people there. Um, and it's so easy to get space between you and somebody else. And so we get off the ride and well, Kaylee, you know, gets Cooper and Claire in the stroller and she starts walking off and she's just a little bit in front of me. And so as I'm walking behind her, I, I like, Hey, do you have Carter? And well, she thinks I, I yell, do you have the stroller? And she's like, yeah, well, she's probably like 10 feet in front of me. And so we walk about 30 seconds and I, you know, thinking she had Carter cause I couldn't really see in front of her. And then I turn around, I'm like, do you have Carter? And she was like, no. So I had to run back to the teacups, and Carter's over there crying. Well, at least she couldn't it was find only 30 us. seconds. 
Yeah, I mean, it could have been, we could have walked a lot further and definitely lost a kid. So that happened the first like ten minutes of being at the very first park day, and so I will say after that we didn't lose a kid again. That's a positive. But I'm like, at least we got out of the way early. So I'm like, this is already a shit show. We've only been here for like fifteen minutes. That's freaking hard. It's funny but scary at the same time. No, but it, it, it was it's a good time. I mean, they obviously had a good time. The girls had a good time. But it, it's definitely a lot of work with with three little ones going to a, a park like that with that many people. Because um, we talked about. You know, you would you were saying that you didn't think that be that many people there at that yeah. time, which you would think because like it's October, it's, like, it's I don't yeah. Know. I mean, because I know like schools up north, they go to school in September, right? So it's still pretty early on in the school year. So most people aren't taking trips early on in the school year, but in October they do an October they do a Halloween theme, right? Mm-hmm. So you have people who are very much Disney fanatics who they want to see stuff like that. Who go, who go multiple times a year and they want to see the, the show. So I think the shows change every year and things like that. And so, uh, but it was kind of cool because the last night that we were there was the Halloween thing that we did. And you had to purchase like a special ticket to go to that stuff. Like not anybody can go to it. Like you had to actually purchase an extra ticket to do that. So basically they close down the park unless you have like the special band. And so they do the show. So like that, and they keep the, the, the show open or keep the park open until like midnight or one o'clock oh, in the morning. Cool. And it's like probably like 20% of the people that are actually there from the normal days. So you actually kind of get to enjoy it a little bit. Well, like, like for instance, like me and Carter rode a ride. We literally got down there like, hey, if you want to ride again, you can ride again. Oh, nice. Because like, there's literally nobody in line. Like, there's like barely anybody there. That's pretty cool. And so, uh, in my opinion, that was the best part of the trip is, because me personally, I, I hate dealing with huge crowds. Yeah. I just, I just, I get annoyed with it real easy. I don't, it just is what it is. I just, one of those guys. And, uh, and so, it just, having that experience of like being, in the essence of Disney, but having like literally way less people, less people. was a way, way more enjoyable experience, right? And so I'd say the only plus, one of the main pluses of going that time of year is that it's not nearly, it's still warm, but it's not nearly as hot. Huh. It's kind of like how it was here temperature wise. Like you know, you're looking at probably low, low 80s, 80s during the day and you'd like got the low 70s during, during the night. Cause every time I've gone as a kid, it was like midsummer, yeah, well, right? So it was- One time I went, it was literally like, so hot. Blaze like, I couldn't wait to get on a water ride. <laughs> yeah. It would it'd be blazed. Like, every time you go into, like, an actual air-conditioned place, like, oh, my gosh, that's heavy. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's crazy that, you know, it's, I mean, people sit there, sit there for a ride for, twenty like, two hours for literally. a ride. Literally. It's it's chaos. And then, do like, it's so much walking and having to push strollers around for that. That's another. I'm at a mileage you're walking a day. Kayla was saying that uh, she was sore almost. Really? Yeah, like her hips, you know, like her quads were sore from quads. pushing around strollers all day. I mean, it's a lot of walking. Around. I mean, I'm, how, did, oh, you didn't have. I wonder how many like calories or how far y'all would have walked. I don't know. We didn't have a tracker, but I mean, I think Caitlin said one day her and her husband walked like six or eight miles really? in that one individual Shoo. day. And so, um, I mean, you definitely rack up some mileage. I'm like, I don't know if I even gained weight while I'm over here. As much <laughs> you as you walk burning so many calories. Yeah, we walked a lot, and so. Um, but I mean, it's it's one of those experiences that uh, you check it off the box. The love hate deal. It'll be a while before we return yeah. back. Uh, but um, but no, people take that take that shit very very seriously. They oh, love sure. it. And they're very and like and it was great and all. Um, That's like Marvel type stuff. Like they're so diehard. Like this oh, is hardcore. Yeah. So uh, but anyways, no, it was it was experience. But uh, it'll be a while before we return. Back. <laughs> We'd like me to go back again when, like I said, they're a little bit older when. Uh, you know, maybe Carter's a little bit closer like, to middle school and the other ones are 
you know, probably at least Carter's age or, or older, all of them. And okay. so that way we can knock like that way it'd be a little bit more. It's just tough with, with three little kids. Any type of any type of vacation would have been rough with three little ones. Well, the funniest thing was you, I think it was the first day me and Sydney sent you that message or whatever, <laughs> and she sends me a photo back of Cooper, <laughs> and he's like sprawled out in a stroller, like crying, I'm like oh no. <laughs> yeah, it was just well, literally. So I sent that photo. <clears throat> we were in a little ice cream store. We stopped for a second to get some like get them some ice cream, and not well. So he was sleeping in the stroller, and then Carter intentionally wakes him up. So he's pissed because Carter woke him up. And uh, 30 seconds later, Claire has this ice cream cone, you know, like a sonic cone, like the yeah. ice cream, like on top. She trips and falls, and all the ice cream spills on the oh, ground. I'm no. like, Full I, tantrum at I, that point. I literally, I saw her fall, and I took Cooper and I just walked out. I said, I cannot deal with this. <laughs> I can't take this. I'm like, I cannot do it. Like, you're going to have to deal with this. I'm like, I'm already like running out of patience, and you're going to have to deal with it. That's funny. But each day progressively got better. The first day was like the worst day, like the toughest day, and then each day progressively got, I guess, got more of a groove with it, but the first day was tough. So, but anyways, enough bullshit about Disney after a bit based about 10 minutes of talking about that. So what's the taste off it, Kale? <laughs> Throwing that ball right back <laughs> in your court. <laughs> I was thinking about it earlier because I didn't know if we just want to make this like a bullshit, uh, bullshit and kind of podcast, but I thought this might be a good little topic. This maybe, what do you feel are the different mistakes people make at different stages throughout their fitness? Okay. Right. So, like, if you kind of break it down, like the three different stages, right? So you can talk about like very like beginner phase. Beginner phase, like say it's like the first like three months to six months of starting off with their fitness. Okay. More intermediate, so probably the first like six months, like two years, and okay. then more advanced stages when you're like talking, you've been doing it so consistently for two years plus now. Well, you got more of a with it. You've been consistent with for multiple for multiple years at this point in time. Like what mistakes people make at each of these individual stages and maybe how they can improve, kind of you know, fix that. fix that, you know, going forward. So I guess we'll kind of break it down step, step by step by stage We're and we both give our opinions. Yeah. So yeah. like for instance, like what do you feel are like, or what do you see are the most common mistakes people make when they first start? Uh, I don't know if you're going to agree with this or not. Probably when they first start, I would say going too hard, too fast. Okay. Meaning like normally when someone first starts, if they're getting like really into it, you'll see them like six, seven days out the week, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then what ends up happening is a lot of times when you go six, seven days out the week, you, you get burnt out, right? Mm-hmm. And so you get three, four months in, and then all of a sudden I start seeing you two, three times a week, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so in my opinion, it'd probably been better for you to start off maybe doing like three, four times a week, mm-hmm. okay? And you able to like sustain that a little bit longer of a period, you actually start to understand it, kind of get a little more, I guess, better understanding for everything. Um, that way you don't end up fall having such a big fall off like you're going from six all the way down to three days a week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, beginning wise, I would probably say that that's probably the biggest thing, um, and then maybe also not taking your nutrition as serious. So maybe thinking like, hey, I can maybe just work out five to six days a week and not have to take care of my nutrition type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, when in reality, if you were to spend three to four days working out and focusing on your tr- nutrition five days out the week, yeah. um, that could probably probably see way more benefits and way more results doing that that way. Yeah. I would say. <clears throat> so I think, at least in my opinion, I think uh, a little bit at first is managing expectations. Yeah. So I think, That's cool. I think people have a common misconception on how fast things happen. Yeah. Um, and me and Gary had this conversation a little bit this morning is that people can kind of expect, like you said, maybe go a little too hard out the gate and expect like in two weeks, these miraculous changes, mm-hmm. which, you know, as you guys know, doesn't really happen that way. 
right? And so really the first 90 days of a finisher for a lot of it is really um, developing habits more than anything, mm-hmm. right? So I think if you can go with the mindset of just developing the routine of some of a fitness regimen with, with, the, with this low expectations on return, I think you can have a lot more of a positive ask, like outcome of it. And, you know, to a degree, developing that routine is obviously the hardest thing because it's, I think, and this happens a lot with nutrition or fitness, is that it's either two feet in or two feet out and not developing a balance of some kind where, and you can have some extremes of both, like people are, you know, like, okay, well, we'll come in, you know, six days a week and come work out. And you also have some people who are like, well, I'm going to come in, you know, twice a week. And the results you're going to see from that are way different, right? Yeah. And so uh, I, I feel like to a degree, I think the sweet spot for most people, if you can develop about three to four days a week at first is a very solid foundation where it's not too much volume at the gate. It's not a humongous undertaking, uh, but it, it gets you into some type of set routine. But the thing is, is the problem I see sometimes is people say, okay, I'm going to get in three times a week. And... You know, say maybe Monday and Tuesday go by and they haven't worked out. They're like, okay, well, I still got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I can get this in. And then, you know, Wednesday goes by, I still don't work out. And they're like, okay, well, I can't have three days a week. Someone says, well, we'll wait till next week. Yeah. That happens like a lot. Blow it off a little bit. Yeah. And so I think if you can develop a strategy of saying, okay, three days a week, but I need to go, I'm going at nine o'clock on Monday, I'm going at three o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday, I'm going to go to 445 on Friday, right? And having like actual set standards can go a really long way instead of being very, basic and just saying a blanket statement three times a week can yeah. be tough because then you're always going to give yourself an excuse like well I have more time I have more time and procrastinate it so setting standards right from the beginning I think can go a really long ways and then when it comes to the nutrition side of things like obviously a lot of people just start a fitness routine and not change anything nutritional, nutritionally wise and so uh, like we preach a lot of times on the podcast is in, or coaching in general is that you know you're going to have a really hard time seeing the return on your investment with working out if your nutrition is not also taken care of. And so sometimes, you know, people can start working out, they're like, oh, you know, I've been coming for two months and I haven't lost any weight. And, you know, and that could be a little bit of a, a double-edged sword where you're saying, okay, well, obviously you need to take a, take a look at your nutrition and have you changed anything nutritionally wise? And the answer is no, well, obviously that's a problem. But B, obviously, especially if you never really worked out before, you can see that where, you know, body composition wise, you haven't really lost any weight, but you've gained some skeletal muscle mass and dropped body fat. And in doing so, your weight hasn't changed on the scales. So your body composition has improved, which is what you're really after here. And so uh, I think, like I said, really the, the underlying thing is managing expectations and developing habits is the biggest fault at first when somebody's first starting. Um, because I think those expectations have to be talked about right from the beginning of you know, what you can expect from your first 90 days. And this is what I would recommend you try to do without really having a whole lot of expectations of what those results are going to look like. Yeah. Because I think we're sold so much crap on how fast you're going to see progress when it comes to fitness. And, you know, like you guys know, that doesn't really happen that way, right? Unless you're going to do some type of, some ridiculous thing that you're not going to be able to sustain in the process of doing. If we're actually going to do this for long-term health and sustainability over a period of time, then, you know, those results are going to be be a little bit slower to start off with, but you can see good, gradual, consistent progress as you can see from months and months and months and years. See consistent progress, right? Yeah. And so I think that's probably the biggest mistake, at least at first. Okay. Um, Now, moving on to like the second stage, let's say now, you know, they've been here for a good solid 
three months they've been consistent. You know, they they came in three to four times a week. You know, they have a pretty good attitude overall. Um, you know, so now they're kind of stuck between like that six months to that first year. They're kind of like that intermediate phase now where, okay, like they've got they've gotten the routine down. They, they feel comfortable with working out. They understand the, you know, the, the class style and they, they feel comfortable with everything. What do you feel like is the big mistake people make there? Mm. So my initial answer once I want to go ego. That's, that's a little bit where that's I, kind of where I want to go bit. with it. Um, because a lot of times I see, especially after you kind of get comfortable with the movements and everything about three, four months in, six months in, um, you almost have too much confidence in yourself, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so you end up, let's say, I'm going to use this example as like RX or nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, for instance, you might come in five days out of the week and you might want to do RX every day, right? And so by Saturday, you're trashed and you can't move, you can't walk, okay? It's, it's really tough for you to kind of get around. Um, know when to scale and don't be afraid to scale is probably the biggest thing. Um, and so if you know Monday you're feeling good and you want to kind of go for RX, go for RX on Monday, right? Um, and then Tuesday when you're feeling rough, all right, you don't have to go RX. You can do a purple or blue or maybe whatever it is. Um, scale it back a little bit. Um, and then probably another thing is like get the stimulus of the workout. So like if, we're, if we have a 15-minute AMRAP and we're trying to tell you all to get five rounds today and you're the person that's getting two or three rounds, something obviously didn't add up, right? Um, and so that's when you kind of, that's my opinion what to do. Um, chase the stimulus of the workout. Don't always just try to go RX or it purples the color you do every day. Do purple every day out the week. Know when to kind of pull the reins back a little bit and actually shoot and strive for the stimulus of the workout. Mm-hmm. I feel like that, that six months to a year <clears throat> could be like the funnest time. For sure. Because that's like you're you're still in that newbie stage to a degree where uh, that's where you, that's where you, see, you see so many PRs yeah. so easily. Newbie right? Like everything, yeah, the newbie game. So you're seeing PRs left and right constantly. Like I still remember my first year across it, like so many PRs mm-hmm. all the time. It's like every um, week, almost every two weeks. You're yeah, you feel like you're hitting a PR. Yeah. Something. And so that's, that's a really fun time. And to a degree, kind of like you said, um, because you start building that confidence that you can sometimes get a little too big for your britches and, you know, overstride. And I think you see it more so on maybe like on particular movements, right? Mm-hmm. So you, like for instance, we always kind of use the bar muscle as an example because that's the most sought after move by Fancy most people, one. right? Like, oh, well, I want to be able to do bar muscle. What do I got to do? Right. And so they end up trying to out sprint the work and try to rush the process of, well, okay, well, we still need to work on getting short pull-ups, or need to first on, are getting better at, you know, just doing push-ups where we can flip upside down and do a handstand push-up, things of that nature. And so, but they, they want to rush that progress and just be able to jump into these more advanced movements. Uh, and that's where, you know, obviously injuries can occur and things like that. And so they can get a little frustrated during that stage of wanting to do advanced movements when they haven't quite earned the prerequisite strength to do to these do more advanced movements. Uh, so I think that's, one mistake people make when it comes to training is that once you're in that six months of that year time frame, you start to develop a lot of confidence that, okay, you're in a routine now, it's, it's set, and you're feeling very confident in yourself and how much progress you've made, and sometimes you can outstride yourself. And that's where a coach can come in, comes in and say, mm-hmm. you know, let me be the guardrails to get you there. Like, it's definitely possible. It's something you can do, but you need to hit these milestones first to get there, right? And so um, don't be that guy that's, you know, if you can't do a strict pull-up, you're trying to, over there trying to do a, a bar muscle-up, right? Or you you can barely get a good, like you're struggling to even get a strict pull-up and you're trying to do you're a bar muscle-up. And, do it on this. and I think also on the flip side of that, you know, which we've had this conversation before, 
is that also you can have people who, let's say maybe they've been doing this six months, nine months a year, and they're always doing orange. Yeah. Like right? they get complacent, right? Yeah, they kind of get they kind of get complacent in their color. Yeah. And to a degree, they almost get a little frustrated. Sometimes they get a little frustrated when they're like, okay, well, you know, I haven't really improved on any of these things. Like this is my color, right? Yeah. Or they just get complacent in general. They're just happy like being orange, always doing orange workouts. And, you know, as a coach, you know, you to, and it's, it's mainly more on the female side than the guy side. The guy side, a lot of times you have to pull back on the reins. Yeah. And the girls, you sometimes got to get a little shove. Uh, and, you know, you have to say, okay, Sally, we've been, we've been doing orange for a while now. And you're doing really well with that. Let's try, let's, let's try to do a little blue stuff right today. Let's try to do, maybe do the blue dumbbell weight today. Or let's try to do a run a little bit further than we have. And there. when you say that, you don't have to do the whole workout of blue. Right. No, like, like what we're saying, a dumbbell, like, a run, and some jump rope. Like yeah. you can maybe pick the blue dumbbell or the blue, blue dumbbell, run, like or just right. even blue runs. Pretty yeah. simple, right? Like, Makes a match because the orange is usually modified run distance. And like, okay, well, you know, your your run is getting better, right? I think you're not going to be the fastest out there by any means, but I think you can sacrifice being a little bit slower today and running all the distance, and and we can progressively work you up to like maybe heavier weights and whatever it may be. But you're having to at least get your toe wet in, into the blue workout, right? You can't just always stay orange. Eventually, if we want to keep advancing your progress, you know, we're gonna have to start advancing up in those color systems. And, you know, eventually there becomes a ceiling of some kind. Like we talked about this before, I think the, uh, I think for most people, a great goal is if you can do 90 plus percent of workouts in purple, you're a pretty fit individual, yeah. especially compared to the, the rally population. I think that's a really great goal for most people to shoot into. Is if you can, purple is like a really good goal. Really good goal where, you know, that's it's still a good amount of volume of work. It's still decently heavy. The movements aren't as advanced. So those are things like bar muscle ups and hands and walking, hands and push ups. Those are things that are a little bit more advanced style movements. But I think just in general, in a way of just general fitness of like strength and conditioning and things like that in coordination, I think doing purple is a great goal for yeah. most of the general population, right? You're still in the top, probably top 5% of the world in weight for fitness sure. if you can do purple on a consistent basis. And so uh, it's getting people, you know, our goal is to, you know, progress people in a safe manner, right, over a period of time. And, you know, that's how we use a coach to help recommend like, hey, this is what I recommend for you to do today to get to blue, you know, or maybe, and then advance you up to try to get you to that purple range, which I think most people should try to strive for at least. Um, so I think that's, depending on the person, I think that's the two common errors that we see is people getting either way too big for the bridges and overstriding too quickly, mm-hmm. and then be over, or being that person who's always very complacent inside of a color, and then, you know, not wanting to advance further into that, that fitness regimen up that scale a little bit, okay. you know. And so, uh, and then what would you say, let's say now we're, you know, two years plus now at this point in time, like we've been coming for a while, you're part of the community, like everything's been really well. You're in more getting like closer to wars like that, like experience advanced stages. What do you think they're most common errors? Like, so obviously a good portion of our gym now has been here for multiple, multiple years, right? And so uh, what do you feel like is a common fault that you see um, in those people? I think I'm gonna go, I think I'm gonna go warm up route. Warm Just up. because a lot of people that you see not doing a warm up or maybe not warming up as good as they should probably be um, are those people that have been here for a little while, right? right? Um, and so what I mean by that is maybe maybe coming to the warm up and maybe we've got 
eight good mornings and you're doing like four good mornings, mm-hmm. right? Um, so half ass in the warm-ups. Yeah, kind of half ass in the warm-up. And then you're kind of wondering why why you're always hurt or maybe like mm-hmm. why you're – maybe you don't feel that great. Are we talking about Jacob Marceau right now? I mean, this is – Not saying any names. Okay, not naming anybody, but uh, Jacob. Uh, <laughs> but no, just in general, um, that's kind of what I see with people, um, especially once you've been here for two, three, four, five years. Yeah. Um, you kind of see them – you kind of see the wheels start to fall off ever here and there and then eventually it gets to the point to where they're just kind of doing like half the warm-up right yeah um, then you always hear the bitching and then all that um that's what i'm gonna say uh just because i, I, I see it the most yeah i would say that's a bad one uh i would say the two for me um the one one being training one being awesome nutritional based is i think once people start to get into a routine they've been here for a little while you know that two plus year stage is that uh, almost the mindset that basics don't apply to me anymore? Yeah. Um, you know, so, and the thing is, like, you're never too good for the fundamentals, right? Like, you look at the best of any sport in the world, right? The fundamentals are still a very foundational part of their training. And the advanced stuff is only done here and there, which everything is built off basics. the foundational movements of squatting, pressing, deadlifting, things like that, right? When, you know, people can sometimes, like, well, I've done a thousand deadlifts now. I don't need to learn anymore. Yeah. I don't need to, you know, focus on the air squat anymore. That's that's good. It's good enough for me. Um, and you know, and that's where the complacency can come can come apart, right? Like you should always be focused on trying to move better as a person, right? Just because obviously that puts you in better positions, more advantageous positions. So for one, obviously you don't get hurt, but two, you also get become more that that's more more efficient in workouts, things like that, and you can get a better stimulus out of your workouts. Uh, so I think that's the biggest common fault is that at least when it comes to the training side is that sometimes people can can kind of start putting that off to the side, especially when we're talking about the form of things and whatnot. And it's kind of like, well, this is this is the way I do it, yeah. right? And I understand like everybody's a little bit individualized to a degree, and everybody moves slightly differently, right? But there's a reason why you know you're still kind of stuck in the spot that you are is because you're not wanting to listen anymore, and you've kind of put the you know the, the earmuffs on and the blinders on and you're just like well this is the way I do things when you should always be looking to better yourself as an athlete and like what are some tips and tricks that I can do to tweak what I'm doing to make it a little bit better yeah. when I'm doing it now <clears throat> and so keeping that open mind of, of constantly learning and changing things uh, can go a really long ways and, and it's one of those things at first I think the, the biggest thing is that it doesn't feel comfortable and so the process of it not feeling comfortable, they're like, this is this, this doesn't work. Yeah. And it's like sometimes you might have to take a step back, take a step forward, right? And especially you see people with who come from the really old school crossfit background, you know, when I first started who doing this for a really long time, that those sometimes can be the toughest people to break, right? Because they've been doing it for so, so many years that especially them, right? They're like, well, this is how I've always done it, and I feel better this way, and my workouts are faster because I do it this way. And it's like, well, I understand that. But it doesn't mean it's right. Yeah. You need to take a step back and maybe lower the load down or go a little bit slower to do it properly. And I promise you in a couple months, fast forward six months, you'll be better for it if you just for sure. just listen to me here. I know it's not, it's not the funnest thing in the world to take a step back, take a step forward, but it's what we're going to have to do to, to advance you forward. And that's this is my my opinion on it. Now, to a degree, you know, there's always that other side of me that's like, hey, the person's here, they're getting their fitness in. They're never gonna be. A, they're not gonna be crossing against that. Now they're trying to compete, but still, in general, you should still want to just, in general, want to improve mm-hmm. to a degree. And 
you know, I think no, nobody wants to be the worst mover in class. You should take pride in moving well and, and just learning. And I think it's just fun in general just to, to keep improving and, and trying to be a more well-rounded individual as an athlete and be a healthier version of yourself, right? It's always, it always looks more sexy and cool to move really well in a workout compared to be the guy who moves like shit. And it's kind of like, oh my God, like you're just waiting for the wheels to fall off, right? right? And then I think the other flip side of that is that, you know, and this is, and I'm always a nutritional stickler, right? But, uh, you know, it's one of my primary objectives as a gym owner, right, is to provide people results, right? Because people, nobody really starts a workout routine and say, I'm just, oh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just here to break a sweat, right? Like, to a degree, people want to see results, right? And so that's what's, what keeps you around. You know, and to a degree, with everybody, right, like, you know, a little bit of aesthetic base to that is always part of the goal, right? You want to look better naked. You even to a degree, like, that's, you care less about that. You still probably want to perform a little bit better, right? Yeah. You want to get a little fitter, you want to get a little stronger. And a lot of that comes down to your nutrition. And uh, it's people still making rookie mistakes when it comes to nutrition uh, is the biggest mistake I see in not, not being consistent with the nutrition routine, right? So people who've been here for years will still ask questions that are very much, um, that you see like the marketing side of things, like, hey, what about keto? What about low carb? What yeah. about these shakes? What about the supplement? Um, you still get those questions on a pretty regular basis. And it's uh, still fine. I still want people to ask those questions, right? Because it allow, allows me to, you allows know, them to learn, right? allows you to learn to give you the truth that's going to give you a fast track you to the results that you want. But, uh, you know, not, not, but falling into those, those pigeonholes of that nutrition thing and never really getting out of that rut. You know, the very first thing people, well, you know, they say like, hey, I can't lose weight. is like, okay, well, how many calories are you eating? And they don't, if you don't know, then it's obviously one of the first things you need to start looking at. It's like, hey, how much are you eating, right? And I think it's, I don't, I don't think people sometimes like to admit how simple nutrition is really for the most part. I think that's probably my biggest pet peeve is the not tracking or not wanting to like weigh or like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I'm like, it takes a fraction of time to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, that's the, all the excuse is always, oh, I don't have the time to weigh all my food or I don't have a scale. You're talking scale like, is $5 of burgers. Yeah. And when it comes to like time of weighing out chicken breast, okay, so it takes you put, 60 put seconds, scale, zero down, 60 seconds to, try, right. to, to weigh it, right? Like you're not, okay, yeah. so you're talking, you can't add 60 seconds to you, you, you eating your meal. Um, and so it, it's not a very complicated thing. I think sometimes people like to uh, make nutrition way more complicated because that gives you an out that's the reason why you can't see the results that you yeah. want right because oh well it's, it's something that I'm not doing right some, some knowledge that I don't know uh, it's, some, it's some secret thing that I'm not taking whatever it may be right so it's not allowing me to see results and it's like no no you're just you're not, you're not being consistent enough and you're not doing the things that you should the very simple principle foundations of knowing how much you're eating on a consistent basis and eating in proper portions, you know, eating enough protein and drinking enough water. Very, very simplistic things can take you such a long ways, but people don't like to hear that because it's like, it can't be just that simple. It can't be that easy of a recipe when it really is. And so, uh, and as they've been doing this for a couple of years, right? Like nutrition is still um, a very, very, uh, big thing that people still have to work on and it's not easy it's it's 
it's one of those simple but not easy tasks of something that has to be done all the time. And it's, and it's not, it's not, it's, it's one of those things like me working out three to five hours a week is not a humongous burden of a kind. Like yeah. it's real easy to come to the gym and come knock out an hour, right? But nutrition's 24, seven, 365. And uh, that's a really hard thing to get control of because it's we're always around, right? And, and no doubt, like it definitely requires some sacrifice and time throughout your week, just like working out, right? Requires some sacrifice and time. When it comes to my, my nutrition, right? I have to sacrifice, you know, probably an hour to maybe upwards of three hours to food prep, no you know, and that's kind of like my workout time, yeah. right? For, for my food. Like if I could think of it like, this is my gym time for food. And then I plan out my whole entire week at that point in time, the rest is land nap, right? All I got to do is just eat the food throughout the rest of the weekend. I'm, I'm pretty much done. And there's ways to make meal prep faster and easier, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, and it we've might had to take com- you a little while to figure that out, but yeah. like there are definitely easier ways to do that sort of stuff. And we've had the conversations like, or at least I don't mean you have and other people, I've had conversations with other people is that, um, you know, some people are like, you know, well, oh, you know, that's, I just really like food. Well, I'm like, oh, I, I like food myself. Like, I don't think anybody's denying that people, I like pizza just as much as you like pizza, yeah. right? Like, I like ice cream just like you like ice cream. Um, but if you're expecting lavish meals every time you eat, then you're also, you're gonna have a really, really hard time which your nutrition, right? Like if you can keep things very basic and simple uh, and come back to foods that are relatively easy to cook for you, that are palatable, that, you know, they're pretty routine, like I don't mind eating them, then you make your life a whole lot more simple. If you're looking for crazy recipes and things like that, uh, which, you know, for some people it works, um, but it's just, it's just a lot of work. You're putting that much more work on your plate. Um, and I always think about sustainability, like, okay, can I keep coming back to this on a pretty regular basis? Uh, and what can I think about what other people as well? Can they keep coming back to this on a regular basis? If you're spending, you know, four or five hours on a weekend cooking, I don't think you're probably gonna be able to sustain that yeah. for a long periods of time. Uh, you know, for me, it takes me about an hour to an hour and a half to go through my food prep. Uh, and it's very basic things, browning ground meat, browning turkey, chicken breast, you know, putting fruits, like fruits and vegetables in containers, you know, sweet potatoes, things of that nature. And it's very, very basic things. And it still takes me an hour, hour and a half to yeah. go through all that. If I'm, if I was trying to do a bunch of recipes like that, you could probably double that time at oh, minimum. God. And so, uh, and even for me, there's plenty of times the weekends, like I don't feel like doing this, but I also know if I don't do this, I'm screwed for my whole entire week. I have nothing else to eat. Yeah. Even yesterday, like we got in from Disney around one o'clock and completely, we only got like three hours of sleep that night because we stayed up super late from the park. We had to get like four in the morning for our flight. Uh, you know, we came home and we took a quick nap and whatnot. We still made it a priority to go get some food and cook something. Even if it's only Thursday and Friday that we have left, you know, a little bit of our weekend that we have left to really, you know, for we food prep again, we still, still need, trying to get back into routine. Though. We still wanted to get some, some regular food into our system, man. Like, I'll tell you what, like being at Disney. I messed up people's stomachs. <laughs> dude, well, especially like the last night, I, my stomach was so messed up. Um, and man, in this, like yesterday, I was telling Kay, I was like, I don't know how people will do this on a regular basis of, you know, just eating at will. And I, and I, and when we sat down and had like ate at restaurants, like I tried to like order a steak or a fish or things like that. But when we're a little bit more on the go, right, you're eating like hamburgers and French fries or like fried foods and things like that. When we were trying to pick up something in between, we actually have like a restaurant that we sat at. Like, I don't know if people do this on a regular basis, like not sleep properly and not drink or not. Like I felt so bad mm-hmm. towards the end of it um i was like I, 
like I looked forward to actually eating regular food and like feeling better again. Like even that's a weird feeling. To say that right now, like like you think you're gonna have like fun, like being able to like splurge and like do all this, and then you're like, okay, I want my chicken and rice, or like you want your your grandma, well, like your sweet potatoes or whatever it is. Well, right? like and even in, back in the past, like in college days, like like I would look forward to that. Right and after a couple of days, I would be like, oh my god, like I'm done with it. But even now, like I don't even look forward to it all that much anymore. Um, just because you know what it's going to do? Just because, like, I know how bad it makes me feel yeah. that I'm, like, I just, it's not worth it to me anymore, right? Like, the, it's more more appealing for me to feel better than it is for me just to have the taste that of that food. Like five right? minutes, ten minutes satisfaction. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just, like, oh, man, it, that, that felt horrible. Like, I literally felt so sluggish and so uh, so run down. Like I said, we were walking last week, and that was also part of it, but uh, it made me feel so horrible. I was like, I don't want people... I, I can see why people like they they just look like they're tired all the time because you are right. You just you feel like shit. You look like shit. It's just it's a bad combo. Um, but no, like kind of like going back to the original thing though is just uh, that's it's just it's it's a hard thing. Nutrition's a hard thing in the way of uh, how consistent you have to be with it. And I don't. I think people sometimes don't realize how consistent you have to be with that nutrition aspect of it all. But it's the number one thing that I could always tell anybody is just if you can take control of your nutrition, it's, it's such a big game changer in the way of whatever goals that you're looking for. It's the number one thing that you can do right now to advance your progress by far, right? Like like if you have like your three main pillars of your nutrition, your training, and then like your sleep as like your three prime, primary pillars you can think about, like they're they're all three very very important, but the number one thing that people always lack is a nutrition pillar for sure, and it's just like a, I mean it's like a like a stool, right? Like without all three legs, the stool's gonna have a hard time standing up, yeah. right? And like you know, and so many people set so much weight into the training aspect of it all, and it's like really all three are very very important. Like and you're gonna have a really hard time seeing the results you want without really putting all three putting attention in all three of those buckets, you know, and so uh, so it's always one of those things I keep harping on, right? And, and I feel like it's never, it's one of those things that you never keep talking about it enough because as much as you want to repeat the same thing over and over and over again, you still get the questions about things that are irrelevant as to what they want to see. But those are the things that get pushed out to people on the marketing side. Like it's one of those things like the most profitable foods in the way of business are like seed oils and sugar, right? Because they're so fucking cheap, but they sell for profit, right? Like, you don't hear people making millions and billions of dollars off apples True. <laughs> right like you know like kellogg and nestle and things like that these coca-cola like these name brand household brands that everybody knows you don't I mean nobody knows an apple brand True. nobody knows a chicken brand like those aren't household names right because the profitability is not nearly as high right because the profitability is high those are things that get marketed to people right and then they try to put a spin on it to make it healthier right where it's like 100 calorie packs and zero sugar for these things, whatever it may be. And uh, those are things that get pushed out to us as healthy and that's not what it is. And uh, my goal as a gym owner, right, is to kind of fight through that bullshit and advance people's progress as fast as possible. But yet it's hard to fight against people who have millions of dollars in marketing for particular products, right? Yeah. It's really hard to out, out when you're making that. these fancy commercials and like yeah. everything looks so very and everything. I mean, yeah. it's hard to... And everybody, and it, it's it's one of those things where it, it seems like uh, when it's it's too good to be true, you know, it, it probably, probably is, yeah. and but people fall for it, and, and that's the reason why they keep doing it is because people do fall for it, and 
uh, it's just our goal as a gym is to, is to fight against that a little bit and, and get the get more awareness behind that. I think we've done a pretty good job of that. I think people start to realize that. And if they can start to realize that, right, that brings them to, into their household, right, where they tell their wife or their spouse or their husband or their kids or their family, and they can start spreading that word a little bit more, right, and that it spreads out to further people. And that's kind of the goal. Um, but obviously there's still things that we need to talk about and, and still keep harping on people on a more regular basis. But that's, but to kind of sum everything up, that's kind of our, I thought that was maybe a good topic to kind of talk about. It's kind of break down those stages and common faults that we kind of find out those stages. And, you know, if you kind of fall into one of those buckets, obviously, you know, use us as, you know, things that, you know, the bounce ideas off of. And we're always the guardrails to help, you know, advance you guys further along and use us as a resource to ask questions and things like that. And, you know, if there's not a, something that we don't know an answer to, right, we'll try to find out for you, right? Because there's a lot of shit out there and there's a lot of different people with misleading information, right? And, uh, and so we try to fight through that and try to give you guys a more direct answer of what's actually the truth on that stuff. So, uh, but hopefully that, that, that maybe uh, helped you guys out and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. See you later.